0: Hello, lads, and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We are coming to you free of charge on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from, every single week. The best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. If you found us on Twitter, I don't know. Must be a hundred million followers over there by now. Ross is absolutely killing it. It's at wsbfun, and maybe you could tweet this podcast out if you found us on Instagram. Fewer than that many followers over there on Insta. It's at Wrestling Should Be Fun, all one word. But if you found us on Instagram, maybe you could add this to your Instagram story. I don't really mind, just give me a shout out sometime. You know, it's lonely over there on the Insta when you see Ross in his ivory tower of Twitter crushing it with all these fucking 10,000 retweets. Um, if you found us in another way, why don't you drop us a message? Or how about you write a letter to your name? Why don't you ring your mum? Why don't you tell someone in your workplace right now if you are listening to this on your headphones? Everyone knows there's one wrestling fan that you know in every single workplace. You know, there has to be another one. It's like witches' covens. If we find one, we've got to burn them all. Okay, and it is the spooky season. Happy October to everybody out there. This is episode, I think it's 29. I'm not on it again. I'm just introducing. And you know what? I'm not even editing this week. I have roped someone in to do the job. Phil, Instagram fan, numero uno. Uh Ines, number one in our hearts, number one on the team sheet. Phil stopford is doing the editing here, so shout-out to him. I'm not going to do that every week, Phil, if you keep doing this, but shout-out to you, pal. And on the show this week, I think it's Ross, Matt, and Matt. Let's get around them, fellas. This is episode 29. Let's do it.
1: Right, so welcome, uh, beloved listeners, to episode 29 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Phil, do you want to hit the jingle?
0: Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun,
1: should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. fun. I'm very casual there, like I've met Phil before thanks for helping out mate <laughs> right lads interestingly i opened up but ross i might have to pass over to you for hosting duties as i'm um i'm i'm i have to get my shit in and run <laughs> the, I saw. Uh,
2: this episode's going to be a bit of a um shorter one and we're just going to shoot straight into what the nerds are watching
1: <laughs> do we have a jingle for what the nerds are watching we do. Should know this right now, shouldn't great <laughs> It's one of my favourite ones. <laughs> <laughs> Top five. I, t- I told you about my mate who, who messaged me, and then it was uh, the, I want to say the Joby McEnough song, but what's the actual proper name of that title?
3: I just can't get enough. Is that what it's called or not? No,
1: no, 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 It's Joby McEnough, I'm pretty sure is the original lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> i think mean, we just can't get it up. but anyway yeah mate heard it like a maccas or something It was just like where's where's dom with the overdub of fresh and should we <laughs> <laughs> see well to open up lads and you can <laughs> I'm, I'm willing for a veto here if you guys want to catch up i can talk about the g1 <laughs> that's, that's one of the things i've watched or oh, do you want me to shut my face no absolutely hit us with the g1 action mate matt you, do you want a veto
3: no no i'm i'm uh I'm halfway through day three, so my G one is uh, has not really
1: started yet. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Now's now's the time, mate. If you want a veto, no, 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 go for it. G one so far, story of one man really. Zach Saber Junior, my absolute boy, is going on. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it's the run of his career because that's the New Japan Cup, but bloody hell, he's getting close at this tournament. Four matches, four wins, you know, and the fact that great Okan from today, probably not the, the heights, but to take out Naito, Shingo and Ibushi back-to-back and in the method he did it, submitting all of them, as he said, four dickheads down, five to go. From my point of view, it's got me, dragged me right back into New Japan. And actually, there's there's been some other good stuff that Shingo versus Ishii was to no surprises an absolute banger. That, that seems to have probably got the best reviews, but I actually think it's probably the third best match of the um, of the tournament. I think the, the best one was um, Zach Shingo. I thought it was outrageous. Absolutely outrageously good. Maybe match of the year. Generally, might have preferred it to Omega Brian. I, I, absolutely outrageous. Um, and he's just been brilliant. And, and after the Shingo match, talking about <laughs> Brian Danielson, the absolute killer line of, that's the Japanese dragon done. I wonder where the American one is. I wonder where that dickhead is. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean... Offline, yeah. um, you told us that, you, that uh, you would pay, I think it was £500 for that ticket. If I had £500. <laughs> so if someone would give me £500, I would spend that money on Zach. Uh, post this G1 run, are you willing to raise that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go up to £560. <laughs> so,
3: so, talking about this G1 run, and I was unaware of results, but I'm not bothered about um, the, knowing the results. It's actually exciting me to watch the matches. So yeah. Zach's last five matches are, unless I'm wrong, Ishii, Yujiro, yeah. Kenta, yeah. Yeah. Yano, and Tangaloa. So yeah. he he shouldn't be take, shouldn't be taking yeah. too many L's there. Oh we could be looking at a block A winner, right? I know they traditionally book someone strong at the start and they fall away, but that would really hurt Zach if he lost to like Tangaloa, or something, on
1: the last match. Yeah, yes, well, so you think you, you, your hero and Tangaloa, you know, should be. The only problem with Tangaloa is if, you know, bullet club nonsense, isn't it? But those two, you know, I mean, yeah, it is. Yano is is, is Yano right, will beat him. Yano will beat him. Yeah, Yano will beat <laughs> him. But yeah, Ishii, maybe. maybe Ujira, Ishii, he's beating Yana, huge. He can't lose to Yujiro. He's, he's got to beat Yujiro. U- and he's got he's got to beat Tanglo, surely. So that's but, 12, um, right? If we presume he beats yeah. Lower and
3: Yujiro, that's 12 points.
1: Yeah, yeah. My prediction since, I think actually after he beat Shingo, was Zach's going to win the block and get beat by... Um, well, interestingly, I, I think a and Cobb are probably leading Block B, but no one's. Everyone's running off Sonada. I still think Sonada's really solid for Block B. I've got a so, in the Pickhams, and I've got Sonada in my yearly prediction. So I'm <laughs> tall. Yeah, because it won't be Cobb. He'll, like Cob's having a bit of run, but he'll, he'll he'll drop off. But I do think that'll be the. Um, yeah, I think Zach will win Block A, but he'll get beat in the final. Which I'm more than happy with. Zach, Zach as a block winner is is enough to tickle my gizzards. Heading back
2: to the Zach run, as someone who hasn't seen it yet, are the fans buying it in terms of the push? I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that it's it's a bit weird at the moment with with the chair and stuff Um, coming out. Yeah yeah i i think they are buying into it and and, you know his post-match promo everything about it and and you know he's main evented a couple and he's obviously got the mic after it and it's like it's been quite zach focused it feels real and he's been touting it up as he's going to do it you know the 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 story does seem to be about him if anything he's that seems to be the main story from the g1 i know the, the new japan have kind of
3: jumped off a cliff lately with their booking traditions but and I could be wrong on this, this might just be me remembering one year, usually the block that has the champion in, that group winner loses the final because they then set up two matches against the champion where the champion yeah. is twice to get them to Wrestle Kingdom and then the block B winner, I'm assuming champion in block A, gets the Wrestle Kingdom match. So maybe it's just that Zach's getting a title shot before
1: the year's out. I don't know. Hopefully yeah, not though. I, I think because he beat Shingo, he gets the title shot anyway. But I think oh. it's... Uh... Yeah, it is. I'd be incredibly surprised if he won the even in the two-night world of Wrestle Kingdom. I don't... Is it not three this year? Maybe. maybe, I read that it was three this year. I I I actually did. Three, yeah. Well, if Shingo's got to defend his belt three nights in a row, maybe Zach will have first dibs. <laughs> but you know, I'd be very surprised if if Zach's winning. If Zach's winning it, <laughs> I do love that the um, the movies to to beat Shingo is called Clarky Cat, which is a solid brass <laughs> eye reference. <laughs> um, That's so yeah, good, it's just it? very exciting. I'm not I'm not expecting I'm not expecting the moon, but if you can give me a solid meteor, which is Zach winning Block A. because I think that, that does so much for him just being a block winner Um, because the New Japan Cup was obviously incredible but at the same time it's kind of it's just in its own world a bit like while the G1's like proper proper New Japan canon and I think him being a a block winner is massive and especially the people he's turned over and the way he's done it like subbing people and like quick taps and whatever just you know it's great. I mean, Carl, also,
3: Carl Anderson's dined out on being a block winner for about ten years, Amy. So
1: yeah, well, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. It's the only thing he's dined out on, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> but interestingly, if if it if it leads to as as things are pointing to, well, not necessarily it leads to, but if we get at some point Zach Dragon, I mean, as I've said, that, that's all I care about. That's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> and Brian's talked about point, like made inferences about that happening in the UK. I mean, just just can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, amazing, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. Right. And and anyway, lads, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna to have to 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 drop off. But yeah, you you guys talk about non-Zach Saber Jr. based wrestling.
2: <laughs> Super. <We'll, laughs> lovely speech Brum, you guys. Thanks say, for the G one update. And, and, we'll, and we'll see you next week. That's right, lads. Bye-bye. So come man, having seen a bit of the G1,
3: any um highlights for you? I'm still up to where you guys uh, or well Brum at least spoke about it last week. The only thing I'll add from what he said was, and he did touch on it, is that uh, the last five minutes of Okada Tanahashi, as you'd expect, is as good a wrestling match as you could see. Like if you're going to show someone just five minutes of a wrestling match, the pace and urgency to try and get the win before the bell was absolutely insane. But I'm just looking forward to catching up. I said this year I'd try and watch all the G1 and then I've fallen behind at the early stage, which is never good because <laughs> there's more gaps at the start than there is at the end. But um, yeah. No, I'll end up catching up. Since 2017, I've seen every G1 match. I can't remember 98% of them, but I have tried to do it. So uh, I'm going to try again this year. I'm looking forward to seeing Zach just
2: slay people. Off the top of your head, what's kind of like some of the standout G1 matches for you? Because for me, weirdly, I think my standout G1 match, I don't know how well this sits with other people, but is Omega Elgin. Yes. Was it 2017
3: maybe? Yeah, where Elgin won, yeah. I
2: absolutely love that match.
3: It was it was great, yeah. It was it was a good one. Obviously, at that point, Omega was on his rise to like doing no wrong, wasn't he? Yeah, um yeah, very and much I so. think that led to the one where him and Naito tried to murder each other by dropping each other on their head, which Naito yeah. often does. Do you know what? Like, um, it's a bit of an unfashionable one, but I do think that the uh, the puro fans always get behind it. I love it whenever, and they haven't done it this year. Ishi and Go in the same group. They always oh, yeah. have a big yeah. meat slapper. Those two lads. And Go is one of them, and he, he, uh, he does sort of split opinion, but with the certain opponents, I think Go is incredible. And Ishii seems to be one of them that they just get it out of each other. Ibushi's had some real classics with people as well. Like, I, I have more guys that I like watching the journey of than I do. Like, it's easy yes. to list on yeah, you know, yeah. 10 matches. Yeah. I love the Yarno journey every year. There was a year, I don't know if it was 2018 or 19, I think it was 19, where Yarno decided he wasn't going to cheat and he was going to try and wrestle everyone. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> it was so good. Like, what a great wrinkle for him to finally go, no, I'm going to wrestle this year. Like, I just love those little stories where, like, someone picks up an injury early and then they're struggling through the tournament or they start strong. Like, those are the things I remember. I remember the journeys of the wrestlers, like Mox coming in, looking unbeatable, winning five out of five, and then just falling off a cliff and it kind of catching up with him after the Ishii match where he went through a table and stuff. The stories are what make the G1 better than... You know, the, the, the final match is always going to be five stars and up, isn't it? Like, they go 40 minutes yeah. and they do all the moves. But the stories are just, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and I Yano's them. journey is is objectively the best thing every year. Every year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. From what I've read as well, it seems like the cards are slightly smaller this year, right? It seems like there's less kind of multi-man matches. There's, like, less of them this year. I think, right?
3: yeah, they seem to have been, yeah, like, because of COVID, right, they're less willing to sort of throw a load of multi-mans on yeah. those early... So it's usually like um, the one I stuck on today, because so I'd like to say day three, I think the only match was like, because Tonga Loa, he was meant to have Naito. So instead he wrestled Magata. It wasn't for the tournament, but it was so that it wasn't an unfair oh, advantage. Like, yeah. And that's going to be the case for a lot of the matches, right? Where,
2: where Yeah, they'll just like, stick
3: them against, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and I think some of the matches were getting like, quite um, wetting
3: the, the, um, the appetite of people online. Oh, cool. I know the first two nights show was the show beat up a young lion on the first two nights. I was surprised that he wasn't announced as part of the G1, you know. Who show? Yeah. Yeah, I thought this might be a nice way to move him to heavyweight, especially with the hill turn. But um, Slow
2: burn, I guess. Slow burn.
3: Yeah, maybe he still needs to win that junior title. I don't think he's won it yet, has he? That's true. Yeah, yeah. So that's New Japan. Um, Have you managed to see anything else? Do you know what? Last week, I watched Raw. I stayed, I think the last podcast we have, I said, I'm going to stop Raw. And uh, I spoke to you, watched the uh, first match and then went to bed, but did did watch Raw and then watched both AW shows. And that aside, I've not really been watching much wrestling.
2: That's fair, that's fair. How did, was Extreme Rules? Did you watch it? I watched Extreme Rules. I think I was like the only person that did in our group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was one of those shows that was solid wrestling, nothing spectacular, but some of the matches were really really solid um in particular i'm thinking about um the usos had a really good match against the street profits they tried to do uh like an injured babyface kind of angle where um ford was wearing the like um the tape on the ribs something that i'm a big fan of like anytime that there's a tag team and there's a baby face in peril perfect for storytelling and he was hardly bret hart in terms of his selling but he did a decent a decent job of selling um, and, and actually meant that um, he was out of the ring for quite a lot of it. So it actually meant that Dawkins got a decent run. And that's something that they don't normally do. It, it, it tends to be that Dawkins gets beaten up and then Ford comes in for the hot tag, does his thing and wins or loses. But this time it was quite different. I so thought was cool. And Dawkins, I actually thought, did all right. But I do fear for them that they could potentially get broken up during this draft. I feel like th- that's yeah. um,
3: Ford's that, time. That month- I haven't seen it, but I heard a lot of chatter about how Montez was quite impressive in the main event of SmackDown.
2: He was, yeah. Yeah, against Roman, yeah. yeah.
3: Also, um, to get it on record, and this is slightly off topic, but it's a kayfabe question. Ross, if you had a serious rib injury and you were a wrestler, would you wear the tape knowing that would help with the injury? Or would you not wear the tape because you wouldn't want your opponent to know that you're injured?
2: Oh, it's a good kayfabe question, that, isn't it? Because um, kayfabe... I would probably say I wouldn't wear it. Yeah. But shoot, I would say wear it because I'm because that's gonna help me get more baby face stuff from the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't trust how how terrible my selling would be. <laughs>
3: Just look at
2: the signifier, guys. Look at the look at the signifier. Um, <laughs> there was the classic spot as well where it the Usos has ripped it off him. Yeah. Love that. So that was really good. They like did a six man New Day match at the start, which wasn't announced until the pre show. And any and like normally I'd be a bit like, oh man, like they're just throwing together a match. But anytime that 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 the New Day have a six man tag, it's all right by me. Fantastic stuff. Really good. The crowd was so into it. They're just so over still, aren't they? The New Day, yeah. which is crazy when you think of what they were when they first arrived on on our screens in that bl- in that blue outfit. Yeah.
3: Would you uh, split them again in the draft, or would you put them back together now? It's a real tough one, isn't it? I think I'd probably. I, I like the idea of um the bloodline and New Day kind of being split. Yeah. I know that the bloodline storyline's hot, but I think it'd be interesting to see Roman without them for a bit. Yeah. And I, then to see Biggie the same, but I I mean yeah, I don't know.
2: I think personally, I put them all together now. I feel a bit like yeah, job done in terms of. We split Biggie to to build Biggie, and he's done it.
3: That's true. That's very true.
2: And they're so hot as a as a trio, and there's so many things that they could do together now that Big e's champion. So yeah, I think I probably would. And then going back to Extreme Rules, my man Seamus had another absolute belter against Priest, and they threw in Jeff Hardy in the in a in a triple threat as well. And it was quite interestingly booked because. The crowd, Matt, unbelievably behind Jeff Hardy. Boy, did that crowd wow. want Jeff Hardy to win that match. And the finish was quite interesting because um, Sheamus hit Hardy with the with the bro kick, sent him out of the ring, and then it was a roll-up by Priest, which I was fully expecting the crowd to shit on because they yeah. were wanting Hardy to win so much. But the finish was great because Hardy got back in the ring and started doing... Uh, and, like like, basically... Shook priest's hand, gave him the title, and like then did like the priest arrow taunt thing to him, almost like a passing the torch type thing. But also like, yeah. it kind of meant that the crowd were like, yeah, okay, we accept this guy. Like if Hardy didn't do that, I feel like he might have got a few smattering of booze. Yeah, and I not know yeah, what, I what you're saying, and I don't know if that was an audible by Hardy himself, like knowing that like that was probably going to happen, or if that was he's experienced
3: or, enough to think he might have been right. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, so that was quite interesting. And then we got um, the fun stuff with Charlotte Flair and um, Alexa Bliss. Bliss came out with a doll, all kind of fun and games. Then had like, normally with the Alexa Bliss matches, you get kind of the hokey stuff in the match. That wasn't the case in this. It was just like a pretty good 10 to 12 minute match, which is something that we've not really seen Alexa do for a long time. So it reminded myself and the fans watching that, you know, Alexa can actually wrestle. Um And obviously, she was in there with Charlotte, who's one of the best, which always helps. But then at the end of the match, when she lost, um Charlotte ripped up the the doll and Alexa fair play to her, she threw herself into this she she had to like cry and show that she was upset that Lily, her doll had been ripped apart, and boy, did she go for it like fair, like fair play to her, so quite interestingly, there is like, is that going to be the end of her supernatural stuff now that bray has gone?
3: Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of chatter, again, not seen it physically, but I've seen a lot of chatter saying that uh, I think the general vibe is that people want that, right? But I don't know what, I don't mind her keeping an element of it. Is that bad? Like, I, I get that people think it's a bit Ghost of Wyatt, but yeah, I think it gives her a little wrinkle. I'm not saying she has to be full-on spooky, you know, <laughs> causing things like lights to go off, but I liked the, uh, the kind of slight reinvention. What do you? What do you think? I really enjoyed it, but I just felt that it
2: massively lost something once Bray went. Like, I feel like yeah, maybe that's fair. The pair of them together were quite great, and on her own, just in that women's part of the roster, like it just lost something. Like it lost a bit of its luster. I think don't know yeah. exactly what to, what to say about that. But like without Bray, as like more of an ominousness about it, whereas Alexa didn't quite have this, the scariness of it. it. It was more a bit kind of. A bit kind of 90s fun sort of stuff
3: <laughs> yeah maybe
2: which which obviously suits my sensibilities but not
3: like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah in terms of
3: sustainability maybe it's a bit surface level yeah
2: so yeah that was great and then um the main event obviously the match itself was absolutely brilliant Matt it was so good Balor and hmm. wins. their chemistry is excellent the stretch that got to the part that everyone's talking about where basically balor regenerated as the demon after getting um hit through the table by um, by the Usos to get to that point it was like three minutes of like just frenetic brilliant wrestling similar to what you were saying about how urgent the wrestling was in Okada tanahashi I'm not saying that it was as good as wrestling as that and I haven't seen it, but I can imagine it wasn't as crisp and stellar as that, but just the urgency of it was amazing, and like watching it live even at like four o'clock in the morning at that point, I was like glued being like yeah like yeah like really excited about what where this was going and then suddenly his music hit and the lights went out and he did this like regeneration I don't know have have you seen it Matt?
3: No I've not seen anything I've had it I've had all my mates ask me about what I thought of it and everything and I've just I've just been like do you know what I've heard it <laughs> some uh I've heard it was a bit of a spectacle spot and uh I'm just gonna let it play out because I don't want to yeah, I'd rather you explain it to me how you felt, Ross. You're
2: positive. What did you think? So, like, they had the kind of heartbeat in the like in that song, right? As the heartbeat happened, Balor was kind of doing the kind of he was on the floor, face down, and doing like a bit of a like a fish out of water kind of. Yeah,
3: <laughs> um, I'd heard about this. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and then and then when the and then when the music hits with that, like he like jumped to his feet and then. And then became absolutely wild and was going wild <laughs> on Usos, wild on Roman, threw him back into the ring, gets on the turnbuckle to do the coup de with the match, when smoke suddenly starts coming out of the turnbuckle and you can't see him anymore. Yeah. And then you hear a massive bang and the lights come on and the turnbuckle falls the top, top the top turnbuckle falls off and with it Bala falls down. And what was actually a pretty badass bump like i know people are saying in our group that it that falling off the turnbuckle shouldn't cost a someone who's a demon <laughs> but i was coming at it from like a from like a human point of view if you're just stood on a turnbuckle and that is ripped from underneath you that's not an easy bump to take like he took it kind of knees on the second turnbuckle and fell like was quite an awkward bump it wasn't like a bump that you watch a million times and be like yeah that yeah that was taken as safe as you could do it yeah. Like, there's no real safe way to take that bump, I don't think. Because you don't really know when the turnbuckle's about to break, right? You're just bracing yourself for it. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then the lights came on. Everyone, like, the crowd were, like, dumbfounded. I was watching live and just being like, what the fuck? This is, <laughs> like, not in a, like, not, like, not in an angry way. I was just like, where are they going with this? This is quite fun. Because yeah. previously in the pay-per-view, Kayla went up to Paul Heyman, who was on the phone, and then got agitated about hearing who, 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 who he was on the phone with. So whether that's a red herring and that's not the case, and Paul Heyman had nothing to do with it, or Paul Heyman was on the phone to, to someone, and it's like a I like who done it situation. I'm, yeah. that. I'm fine with that.
3: Yeah. I, 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 on the surface, from what I've you've just described and what bits and bobs I've read, I don't know if it's the right opinion to take, but I'm not completely against it as something completely different. But maybe if I'd have watched it play out, I'd have had a different opinion. But I don't think it sounds horrendous, but
2: Yeah. And know. like people are saying that, you know, like it was the first time that Bala lost on WWE TV with the demon character and yeah. it'd been something maybe more, more drastic that did it.
3: But you've got to remember as well, it's putting a feather in Roman's cap and that is the, the main aim at this point, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, there was a really nice piece actually um as part of the match where Roman hit the spear and you were thinking that he was going to win and uh, I bought it. It was like a 2.9 kick out and yeah. uh, Bala did the low blow kick out like Roman's been doing.
3: Oh, fantastic. Um, which was great. Like, which was I'm kind of glad kind of they've... Not that, I mean, I'm kind of glad they used it in a match I wasn't watching is probably what I mean to say. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I, I wish they had saved that for an even bigger match. No offence to uh, Balor because yeah. I know a lot of people saw this as a big match. But that's great. No, I love that.
2: As always with these Roman matches, there's plenty in there to to like get your teeth into, which is what I love about them, you know, like, yeah, and I know it's kind of like matches that like the matches all kind of are the same, but you could point that towards anyone, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, we've been waxing lyrical about Zack Sabre Jr. matches. And whilst they're amazing, there's not too many that are are far different to, to other
3: ones, right? I, I mean, it probably can't be leveled at maybe a sure mugs, but definitely leveled at flair, right? That's the classic criticism oh, yeah. of flair is that every match is the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not in the business of saying that every match is the same because there are certain traits that every wrestler does, but, um, I'm, I've been loving the Roman run, as you know, I've been vocal about it. So maybe I will go back and check this match out when wrestling gets a bit quieter. I've, I've got like five progress chapters and about 30 G1 matches. to watch. <laughs> so that's kind of weighing me down at the moment. Um, Speaking of like watching stuff though, I did watch both AEW shows last week. I know there was a show last yeah. night. As we what did you think of the Arthur Us shows? We haven't done a pod since then. Was there any oh, yeah. massive takeaways for you from them? Or yeah. even last night, if you watched, maybe there was even bigger takeaways from that.
2: So obviously the easy takeaway is just how good was Omega Danielson?
3: Yeah, it was pretty um, good,
2: wasn't it? It was everything that we wanted, right?
3: The finish kind of became obvious when I knew it was coming, if you know what I mean. I hadn't considered it until... Justin Roberts said thirty minute time limit and then my ears pricked up. I don't know if that's just hindsight playing a trick on me, but I remember thinking, Oh, they wouldn't. They yeah. Yeah. to, to, to so they- me
2: what I loved about the finish was that um other promotions, notably the WWE, when they do a kind of time limit, it's it's they're in the sharpshooter and they're about to tap out but they say by the bell sort of thing. Yeah. What I loved about this was that they were just in the midst of going at each other. It wasn't like
3: I think it tells an even better story, yeah.
2: Yeah, like I just love that. What that is basically telling you is that there's so much more to tell, yeah. And I love that about it. Perfect, absolutely perfect. I felt a little bit like the rest of the show struggled to to like fill that void of not watching <laughs> Omega and Danielson, and like they probably could have yeah. watched it for another hour and a half. Specifically, Punk then coming out and saying, "God, I'd hate to, to follow that." And then MJF and Pillman, bless them, that much. Might- <laughs> yeah. That match was built well, and MJF has gone down this route of being really close to the bone with his promos. And you couldn't do much more in terms of trying to make Pillman beloved babyface. But for whatever reason, that crowd weren't into him, sadly.
3: It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because they kind of did the right thing in terms of, they didn't just throw him out. They had the punk promo. They had tried to kind of get the crowd up again off the punk promo. Yeah, The the idea that generally the women would main event, again, progressive, good idea, title match in the main event, but when in reality, like you say, it it did affect the crowd. So they're kind of in a catch-22, I guess.
2: Yeah, But for the people that were at the show itself, apparently they filmed Rampage for hour one, then Dynamite, then hour two. So I think that that if you were there at the show, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Slightly different for if you're watching it on TV at home, I think. But what an absolute match that was. Loved it. I can't wait to, to see more. Wasn't massively enamoured with last night's promo where it was like no balls, Kenny. That to me comes across a bit WWE, personally. But mm. if it gets a t-shirt on pro, on pro wrestling team, <laughs> it's it doesn't it? What else happened on Dynamite that, that I felt worthy of talking about? The thing to talk about, I think, from yesterday's show was the again
3: how how brilliant jungle boy is unbelievable isn't he i haven't seen yesterday's shows but i've been hearing a lot of praise for the man why was he particularly great
2: it was just him against cole in the opening match so in a similar vein to the previous week where they started hot with a really uh, great match and yeah he's just unbelievable in the ring such a great babyface, and unfortunately you're still going to get people cheering adam cole even in that situation, up against Jungle Boy. I don't understand it myself, but each to their own. But he managed to turn the crowd that was a little bit 50-50 to maybe 75-25, which in an Adam Cole match in 2021, I think it showed yes. unbelievable uh, talent, really. Um, there was a few real close uh, falls, and then obviously we got the heel win where um, it was a low blow it was it was actually the exact same finish as miro kingston um right. from um all out but yeah he was amazing um loved it and what else was there from dynamite that i wanted to talk about possibly the main event in just in terms of um how did you feel that that did for soho do you think it's the right thing for her to go back down and like earn her way back rather than giving it all to us at once
3: yeah, I guess the the alternative is taking it off Brit, and that feels like the bigger carrot is keeping Brit champion, isn't it? Yeah, so, I read <laughs>
2: I read a report today that apparently NXT are interested in Brit Baker.
3: Yeah, I, I mean that last week there were things running around that they wanted her, and she said no, which I don't know how true again. Not a dirt sheet guy, like yeah. I read the headlines and then take what I want from them. sounds um, that, that sounds almost implausible that she would go there. Yeah, at this point there is no way i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought but um yeah she's she's obviously growing in and she's really great so if they were to put on so i mean they get the instant pop i don't know if they've got i don't know what way the division's facing in terms of heels and faces i don't watch often enough and they don't really still give their women a lot enough time for me to know the division too well to know where yeah. they're going but as a, as a standalone match and and story like yeah they can come back to it i think thunder rose is the big match isn't it that would be where they
2: yeah so they're now- change, right. They announced last night on Dynamite that Rampage is going to be Rose, Thunder Rosa, and someone else in a triple threat, and Jade, I think. Oh,
3: cool. Which is a bit
2: of a barnstormer.
3: Yeah. Also, uh, also, awesome. I mean, you watched Dynamite, right? Yeah. You stayed up. So a new champion in the division. Yes. The old, uh, And also a new first challenger. I'm presuming you've seen this. I have, yeah. Yeah. That is a, a strange one, but it makes sense to me. I feel like JCH booked it. Yeah, like like obviously we're talking about obviously Bobby Fish being announced as the first challenger. But I think that makes sense. I, I mean, I don't know if he signed or not, but that makes sense that like he would come in. Sammy gets a credible win, but it also doesn't affect the main roster because I
2: don't think he's, he's coming in cold as like a four time guy. Yeah,
3: whether he does sign down the line, I know
2: that he he's. Know, yeah. I know that he's been announced for that um, MLW Cup.
3: I don't know if it's a get AEW needs to get. Like <laughs> that makes sense, but I think for a one-off, it, it's kind of perfect.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And there's so many kind of stables that he could fit into as well. So that's quite cool. Um, but the match itself was good. It's definitely worth watching. Sammy did a really good job of selling. And yeah, it was like a on a night that was deemed to be um, a tribute to Brody Lee. It was a it was a lovely end to a, a nice little show. Cool.
3: Um, is like there a- any um? sorry i was gonna say we've got we've got three three minutes left on this zoom i think we could probably wrap up unless there's anything else you're not just um, talk about in terms of
2: just one last thing just 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 to say that um the tribute part of the show to the late brodie lee was was really nice and um well worth watching
3: excellent i was gonna say quickly before we go we've got a couple of minutes got a quick game for you ross a very quick one we'll get it done in a minute and a half here i'm just gonna say a promotion you don't say the best person I just want you to give me one person in each promotion right now that you're excited for or you can't wait to see their matches. How does that sound? Sounds great. Yeah. Hit me. Right. Now, I'm going to just shoot through three or four quickly and you just tell me a guy and a quick reason or a girl and a quick reason why you're excited for them. Right. WWE. Finn Balor, because I don't know what's going to happen post Demon. I would agree with that. Uh, the NXT 2.0 roster. It's got to be um, Bron Breaker, right? What a guy. I- I mean, it's either him or those massive brothers they've been growing. (laughs) It's it's out of the three for me. Um, AEW, AEW. Do you know what? Actually, Cody. I'm
2: excited about what's. I'm excited about what's coming with the Cody um, stuff.
3: Do you think like it's still going to be a bit of a Cody Island thing where he's just doing his own thing or something integrated in the roster more?
2: I think it'll be a Cody Island because that's just where he lives.
3: And finally, like it's broad, but like from anywhere else, Impact, the Indies, GCW, whatever, anyone else that like is out there, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see where they pop up next.
2: Um, do you know what? I watched that Ring of Honor show um, on Fight not too long ago, and I haven't seen him in so long that I
3: was like, yes, this guy is so good. Is Bandito? He's um, oh, nice, yeah, so so good. Yeah, he's been good for a long time, and no offense to Ring of Honor, but I hope he pops up somewhere prominent. <laughs> <laughs> no offence <laughs> just because, because he, he, he's been in New Japan before and his Super Juniors run was great so I, I'd like to see him go over there even, even if he goes back to Honor. Yeah,
2: agreed alright well that wraps it up I think Wrestling Should Be Fun episode 29 thanks so much for listening and thanks again to, to Audio Man Phil nice one cheers man
0: cheers mate wrestling should be fun should be fun